oftentimes you hear preachers say that they need your prayers. I don't know if you realize this, but a preacher that's been called by God, not because he felt like he needed to be called of God, but he doesn't find himself worthy to do the job. He can feel your prayers when you're praying for him. There's been times that I've preached and got done and felt like crawling under a rock. And there's been times that I've preached and I know that the Spirit of God was there and He's helped me in such a way that there's nowhere else in this world that I'd rather be. You know how it feels when you testify and the Spirit of God is with you and you're standing up and you... You just don't want to quit. That's how the Spirit of God works. So when I say this morning that I need your prayers, I mean that from the sincerity of my heart, that I cannot do this alone. There's times that I've preached that I've had liberty, but it's been limited power. Wednesday night I went to a church that I hadn't been to and I had never been to before and I kind of got off a little bit on that, that we need the power of God. It's not something that I can manufacture. It's not something that you can manufacture. But Jesus said, all power is given unto me in earth as it is in heaven. He holds all the power. He's the one that can send the power. And we need His power. We need it. For He's the one that's able to convict lost sinners. He's the one that does the convicting, His Spirit. And by that same Spirit, it's the one that saves. I can't do that, you can't do that. I can't manufacture the Spirit and bring it in a bottle and just say, here it is. It's not something that I can do. It's not something that we can manufacture and make up. When man tries it on their own, we'll mess it up every time. But God can do all things. And that's been my thought this week is but God. I don't know how many times maybe you've looked in the Scripture and I'll be honest with you, I've uh, looked at it a couple different times and it seems like God is able to direct our heart and He's able to point things out in the Scripture that we've never noticed before. I feel like maybe this morning before I get started, I need to sing a song. It's been on my heart all week. I'm not going to fail God this morning. I want you to listen to the words of this song. Y'all know I'm not a singer. When I'm broken from the battle And I've lost another round Satan whispers to my troubled mind 
Just lay your armor down. Were those you've loved and trusted? Look around you, they're all gone. Would be easy to surrender. When you're standing all alone Then I bow my head in sadness As I ponder what to do I've been in God's army for so long and I've been a soldier true. Then I hear a voice from heaven saying, Pilgrim, it is I. Lift your head and take new courage. And lift your eyes up toward the sky. And I see a great band of angels camped all around me. And I see the captain rising up. The challenge to meet. And I know I'm safe. From harm when I'm touching Jesus. The battle is His. The victory is mine. And victory is sweet. And I see a great band of angels camped all around me. And I see the captain rising up, the challenge to meet. And I know I'm safe from harm when I'm touching Jesus. The battle is His. Yes, the victory is mine. And victory is sweet. This morning, Man, there's no place to give up. Feels like a lot of times, and 
I just have to preach my own convictions this morning. I've sung that song all week. Headed back and forth to work. There's times that, and maybe y'all are different tonight. There's times that it feels like Satan just tells you, just drop the armor. Just give up. And you feel all alone. But then you hear a voice from heaven saying, It's me. I'm here to help you again if you'll trust in me. The battle is his. But boy, I've got a whole lot of little victories along the way. God has never failed me. Not one time. God's never let me down. Not one time. He's always been there in the darkest of my nights, in the darkest of my hours. He's always been there. As Paul told them over there at Ephesus, he told them to take upon them the whole armor of God, that they might be able to withstand the wiles of the devil, his fiery darts. He told them uh, how to suit up and how to take the armor and, and, and the shield of faith and uh, the helmet of salvation and, and uh, all of these things, how they were to suit up and to be able to withstand everything that might come their way. And He still encourages us today. If you're a child of God, He's called you to be into His service. But oftentimes it doesn't take very much. Something comes our way or we find a hardship and it seems like we want to give up. There's no place to give up in the service of God.
Amen. Bless. Appreciate this this morning. Anything else on your heart? I need to say just a few other words this morning before I get started. Don't take up too much of your time. You've called me here to do a job, and that's to be your pastor. And I want to try to do the best job that I can do. Sometimes that means preaching difficult sermons. Sometimes that means preaching uplifting sermons. I just want to preach what God gives me. If it's a help to you, I pray that it is. I pray that I've been a help to somebody along the way. My heart longs to see the lost that we have here saved. My heart longs to hear the lost in your family being saved. That not only that it might stay here, but that we might take it out of those doors with us and that we might share it with our loved ones. That's my desire for our church this morning. And I love our church. I love you. And just as much as I'm supposed to be a help to you, church, you're a help to me. When you called me here, I prayed that I'd come be a help to you, but just as much as I pray I've been a help to you, you've been a help to me and my family. And I want you to know that. Uh, I needed you. People don't understand that. You think that you needed us, but really we needed you. And that's the way that it ought to work. I appreciate your prayers. I want to get into our subject this morning, but I believe in following the Spirit of God. And I need to do what the Lord's put on our heart. I want to take some reading this morning. The Lord being our help, I want to look over here in Isaiah in the 55th chapter. And uh, I've got quite a lengthy subject this morning. I'm going to try uh, to take my time. But uh, I don't want to worry your patience. 55th chapter of Isaiah. Starting in the 8th verse. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven runneth not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereof that I sent it. Now I want to stop there with the mistakes that we've made reading And as you can find here, uh, that the Lord says, For my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. I know most of us are familiar uh, with a lot of these things this morning. But I want you to know that oftentimes, I I told you my thought this morning would uh, kind of went around the thought of the word, but God. And uh, there's a lot of times in this life that uh, uh, things get difficult and things get hard. Uh, things get difficult and things get hard, that uh, uh, we begin to uh, question uh, the things that are around us and and begin to uh, examine our life and examine the circumstances that are around us. But here God says that my ways are higher than your ways. Uh, My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And my friend, I I want you to understand that we don't always have to have an explanation from God for the things that happen in our life, the circumstances that happen. 
Uh, there's uh, times that we'll have difficulties and we'll have trials and things that God allows us to experience that we might build our character, uh, that He might build us as a saint of God. For uh, We know the Scripture says that patience worketh tribulation, and tribulation worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. And my friend, this morning when we begin to think about those things that uh, we experience, uh, when we talk about having patience and running the race that uh, we're in, uh, that, uh, that patience, my friend, is followed by tribulation. Things that we go through and experience as a child of God. And, uh, but uh, a lot of times we're looking for an explanation of, God, why is it that I'm struggling? God, why is it that I'm going through this? Uh, God, why is it that uh, uh, there's people that have uh, disabilities? There's people that have cancer. There's people that uh, don't have a lot of money. There's people that uh, uh, have uh, family problems. There's people that have all sorts of manner of things that are going on uh, that really me and you have no idea about. Uh, we see each other a couple of times a week, but there's things that are going on in our life that uh, a large majority of us know nothing about. Uh, but my friend, I want you to know that God knows every detail of everything that's going on in your life. And my friend, this morning, His ways are higher than our ways. God knows everything about every circumstance that you're going through. He's not left you alone on some island all by yourself. He's not forgot about you. He knows all about you this morning. And my friend, He wants to help you. He wants to be there and be an encouragement to you, uh, my friend, this morning. But sometimes we get to thinking to ourselves that, well, I know the right way. Or how easy is it that we sit back and we get to questioning things and trying to figure things out on our own. Um, I want to read this morning uh, a couple of things and uh, do pray for me. This morning I might get my thought out. When you look over here in the 73rd Psalm this morning, you'll find a man, this Psalm was written by a man named Asaph. And uh, he was there uh, in David's court and you can read about him in First Chronicles, about the 16th chapter, if you want to for time's sake. I won't get too much into that. Uh, but um, he wrote several psalms and uh, recorded them. The Bible says that he was a seer. He was a prophet in those times. And uh, he had uh, ministered there into the Ark of the Covenant and, and different things. But uh, there was also a lineage that come from him as well. Uh, but for time's sake, this man had began to... Uh, uh, he began to, he was a singer and different things, and I believe he played the cymbal, the Bible says. Uh, but you'll find here that uh, he begins to uh, examine those things that people were going through. And he said, how come, and I'm just going to sum up some of these things, but he basically he says, I look out and I see the world around me, and it seems like the wicked uh, uh, just have it good. They, they, they don't have any, uh, uh, any hardships, and it doesn't seem like they're... Uh, punished for, for the things that they're going through. And, and uh, really, uh, you'll see a whole lot of the words uh, you and I and, and they used in this uh, uh, particular chapter here. Uh, but my friend, I want you to know that 
as uh, he begins to get on down just a little bit here in the Scripture, what he says here in the 23rd verse, he says, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by thine right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom I have, whom have I in heaven but thee? Whom is there in heaven to help us? Who is there to help us through our troubles and our trials and the things that we go through? And, and listen, uh, 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 our thoughts of uh, insecurities and all kinds of manner of things. And, uh, but he says here, And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. He said, Lord, there's nobody in heaven to help me. There's nobody that I desire but you. But he says, my flesh and my heart faileth. But listen, he said, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they are that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thine words. And I told you this morning my thought was, uh, on the subject of but God. And uh, I want you to think about this, that word but uh, being a conjunction. Um, you'll find it a lot of times we use those expressions and, and even uh, small children. I know my boys a lot of times, uh, uh, they'll say something along the lines of, uh, you know, well, Daddy, I'll go clean my room, but let me finish this television show first. Or, uh, Daddy, I'll go do this, but let me do this. Or, Daddy, I'll take the trash down to the road, but let me go do this. And, you know, you uh, attend to, it seems like the after statement kind of cancels out the first statement a lot of times. And I was talking to Sister Laura this morning, and I know she's an English teacher, and I'm going to butcher this. I'm not an English person. All right? But I want you to think about what he says here. He said, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God. That changes the previous statement of what he just said. He said, I know that in my flesh, I know that my heart faileth. I know uh, that I have discouragements. I know the things that I go through. But he said, but God. That changes what just happened. He said, He is the strength of my heart. Though my heart faileth, God is the strength of my heart. He's who I'm trusting in. He's the only one that I have in heaven. He's the only one that I can look to. I have to please God and Him alone. That's it. He said, And my portion forever But God changes a lot of things throughout the Scripture. I began to look at Joseph. And you can start reading about him that latter part there of Genesis. I believe it starts in the 37th chapter. For time's sake, I'm just going to kind of give you a rundown of, of what happened to him. I know most of you are familiar with him. Uh, Joseph was 17 years old. The Bible says that his father Jacob loved him more than all his other brethren because he was the son of his old age, the Bible says. And he made him a coat of many colors, the Bible says. And his brothers, 
uh, despised him. They had a great amount of jealousy in their heart, and their heart built up against Joseph because they knew that their father loved him more. And the Bible says then that Joseph had two dreams, and in these dreams it depicted that his brothers was uh, to bow down to him. They was to uh, uh, show reverence unto him, and not only his brothers, but his father and different ones. And his father pondered these things within his heart, the Bible says. Well, his father sent him out to feed sheep with his brother, and he told them where they would be, and he made his way there, and uh, they weren't where they were supposed to be. But nonetheless, his brothers seen him coming, and they began to conspire that they might kill him. And Reuben said, no, let's not kill him, uh, but let's cast him in a pit, you know. They seen these Islamites coming along, and they cast him in a pit. The Bible says there was no water there. And as they cast him into this pit, and these Ishmaelites, they seen him, they said, well, let's sell him. Well, these Midianites come along and they took him up out of the pit. They were merchant men, the Bible says, and they sold him under these Ishmaelites. And as they sold him, they sold him for 20 pieces of silver, the Bible says. Well, I want you to think about that just for a moment. All Joseph was doing was relaying a dream that God had given him. And they hated him for it. They despised him for the very thing that God had put in his heart. They sold him. They, there were some that, despite, that desired that they might take his life. Well, they took that coat of many colors and they killed a kid gold and they dipped his blood and they gave that garment there to their father Jacob, the Bible says. And Jacob then said, well, uh, some evil beast has devoured him. Some evil's come upon him. Well, then what happened to Joseph? Then he was uh, bought there by Potiphar. He was a captain of the guard there in Egypt. He went to live in Potiphar's house. He had a great, uh, 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 a great amount of authority. I guess Joseph, you could say Joseph had. And as Joseph was there, uh, Joseph, uh, Potiphar's wife desired that he might lie with hers, what the Bible says. And he said, uh, how could I do this against God? He said, how could you want me to do this great evil against God? Now keep in mind during all of this that's going on, the Bible says that God was with Joseph. He was with him. He had never forgot him. And as he was with him, Joseph said, I can't do this great evil. She got him in by himself and she reached and pulled his garment out from him. And when her, wife, when her husband got home, Potiphar, she, Bible says then that uh, she yelled aloud and that he had tried to lay with her. And Potiphar was angry about that, cast him in prison. As Joseph was in prison, Bible says God was with him. As he was there, uh, there was a butler and a baker that had dreams, the Bible says. Joseph began to interpret these dreams. And he told them what was to come to pass. He told the butler, he said, in three days, he said, you'll be back there in the court of Pharaoh. But he told that baker, he said, in three days, you'll be hanged. He said, uh, uh, and the fowls of the air will come and, and uh, eat upon you. Well, his dreams were interpreted and they come out to be true. And he told the butler, he said, don't forget about me. I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all bear with me. I want you to understand, Pharaoh had a dream. He had two dreams. 
None of the men, none of the magicians, none of them there could interpret these dreams. Two years had passed. The butler said, I remember a man back in prison when you sent me there. He said, his name's Joseph, he's a Hebrew, and he interpreted my dream. Pharaoh sent for him, Joseph came, he interpreted the dreams of the Pharaoh, and then we know then that uh, uh, Pharaoh established him uh, there to the position that there was none higher uh, there than Pharaoh himself. And I say all that to say this. Thirteen years had passed. Joseph was thirty years old. Thirteen years had gone by, the Bible says. I want you to imagine a Sunday or two goes by and we get a little down on ourselves or something happens and happens in our life that brings us down, it brings our morale down and we get to thinking, God, where are you? Where are you, God? I, I need you in my life. Why has this happened or why has that happened? My friend, 13 years went by. Can you imagine that? 13 years. His brothers conspired to kill him. He was cast into a prison falsely. Lied on, cheated on, all these other things come to pass to him. But the Bible, the most important thing says that God was with him. Now, I want to say this. I needed to get all that out to get to my point here. He said now, in this 45th chapter of this 8th verse of Genesis, he said, so now, well, let me back up here in the 7th verse. This is Joseph here. He said, and God sent me before you to preserve you a prosperity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. He's speaking to his brethren. He said, so now it was not to you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. He said, it wasn't you speaking to his brethren that sent me here, but he said, God did. God put me in this position. God brought me to the place that I'm in. Listen to what he says over here in this 50th chapter and the 20th verse. He said, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. He said, you thought it evil against me. But he said, God meant it for good. He said, God is the one that placed me in this position that he might preserve your life. There's a lot of times that we try to figure out the things that are going on in our life. We try to examine every detail of our life. Why has this happened? Why has that happened? But my friend... God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. If we're willing to be obedient to God and wait upon Him and trust in Him with all of our heart, He has a plan for your life. That plan may not uh, uh, go as uh, uh, you think it should go. There may be bumps in the road. There may be things that come to pass. But my friend, trust in the Lord. No matter what comes, no matter what may, my friend, if we look to God, He'll help us. The problem is, is we try to get out in front of the Lord a lot of times. We try to take control of uh, what we want to take control of. And I'll just be perfectly honest with you. Uh, 
I believe sometimes we have a hard time of just turning the reins over of our life. We want to be in control. Things just aren't going the way that we thought they ought to go. And I'll say this. I think sometimes we have a hard time getting pride out of the way. Lord, I need you. I can't do this alone. Can you imagine Joseph sitting there in that prison? Can you imagine him sitting in that pit all alone? What he was thinking, the things that was going through his mind. He never gave up hope. Even in the end, he said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Look what he was able to do. God is so big. We can't foresee his plan in our life, but we want to we wanna take and hold on to every little detail of our life. But God, God has a plan. I believe part of the problem is, is pride, as I said. He says over here, John says, uh, John the Baptist made a statement over here in the third chapter of the Gospel of John in the 30th verse. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. My friend, if we're never going to get I out of the way, we've got to get ourselves out of the way. We've got to get removed completely out of the way. We've got to get down to a place to where we get down low and we say, God, I need you. What is true worship? My friend, I told you, I can't bottle up the Spirit. I can't bring it in here and just pour it open. It's not, listen, and some people might fall out with me over it, but that's not the pastor's job. That's not my job. It's to preach to you what God put on my heart. But if we want the Spirit, if we want conviction, if we want the power of God, we must decrease and He must increase. If we want that power, I've heard people talking about uh, how things used to be. I was talking to Brother Don here a few uh, weeks ago about his brother Doug when he pastored down there at Goodwill in Hartsville. They had a baptism down there one year, and I believe there was some 70-something candidates. I can't remember. It was real close to 70. And people say, boy, Brother Casey, them was the good old days. Uh, we'll not see them days again. God's not changed. The same power that He had then in the 1970s is the same power that He has today that He gets able to convict lost sinners. It's the same power. He's the same God. He's never changed. He's the same. But my friend, if we want the power of God to convict lost sinners that their heart might be changed, we must decrease. We must. We must. We must. I talked about that the other night. People say, well, things is different now. We talk about the old days. You know something? We can't go back to the old days. We can't go back. All we've got is right now. All we've got is today. All we've got is what God's given us. And you know where I believe a lot of that start is with a thanksgiving in your heart for what God has done for you. Though that you were in despair, though that you had no hope, though that you uh, felt like you were worthless and without hope, and my friend lost and undone and separated from God, but God stepped in and He still showed you mercy. He showed you grace. And my friend, 
He put your feet upon a solid rock. Isn't that how that sentence changes? Sister Laura, I don't know if I'm doing a real good job of this butt thing. Though you were without hope, though that you were in despair, though that you were bound for a devil's hell, my friend, but God stepped in. And He showed you love. He showed you grace. He showed you mercy. And my friend, if we want the power of God, that's the thing. The power doesn't come from the preaching. It don't. Even though it is the power of God under salvation, the Bible says. But who gives the power? God does. Do we believe that we're living in a day and time now that God can't step in here and save? We can't have a revival with our 75 or 76 that we're... T- People believe that we don't live in those days anymore. You know why? It's because we limit them. We come into church with an expectation, well, let's come in and we'll go through the motions. And, but my friend, when... Yeah, this ain't even where I was going on this, but listen. Those people in those days depended upon God for every aspect, every detail of their life, my friend. They needed God for everything. And my friend, we're living at a day and time where everything's handed to us and we can go and do and whatever we want to do. There's no limitations on what man wants to do now. But my friend, they forget to have the fear of God. I forget to have the fear of God. God is only limited because we limit Him. They depended upon God for everything. Let me ask you something this morning. I want you to say it with your heart. Not because I'm asking you to say it. But do you believe God could come in here today and save 3,000 souls like He did back in the day? On the day of Pentecost? Do we still serve a God like that? People say, ah, Brother Casey, that was a special day. It is, and it was a special day. But today is a special day. Today is the Lord's day. Today is a day that He has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Today is a special day. When this day is gone, we'll never have it back again. I can't bottle up the Spirit and bring it in here and pour it out. My friend, we've got to desire the Spirit of God. God wants to pour out His power. He wants to manifest in such a way. I told y'all when I first come here, I want to see the roof blow off of this place. And people just laughed. Oh, Brother Casey. You know, God can do that. He can do that when we recognize who He is. Are the glory days over with? God forbid, I hope not. I hope not. Are things different than they used to be? Sure they are. But that means that I and you must draw as close as we can to God. I told you a minute ago I wanted to show you some of these things I'll try to hurry along here. I want to show you just a few. And uh, there's, there's so many. 
listen, as Paul was speaking here to the church at Antioch, he told them this in the 13th chapter of Acts. He said, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you it is the word of this salvation sin. For they that dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew not him, knew him not, nor cause they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have filled them and can, can, condemned him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet they desired they pilot that they should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. Do you see how that statement changes? Though they tried to kill him and slay him, laid him on a tree, my friend, they could not keep him in the grave because God raised him. God changed the statement. He changed it. My friend, thank you for a but God. He changed it. But God, with God there's a way. He changed it. There's a way through God. God can change any circumstance. If you lost this morning, He can change it. Because God, but God, they tried to take His life. But God raised Him from the dead. He raised Him. It makes me ashamed to feel pity and to feel lonely and to feel all alone when there's a but God that steps in and says, if you'll just seek me, if you'll just turn to me with your whole heart, I'm here. Trust in me, I want to help you. Thank God there's a but God in these sentences. He changed it. He made a way. You not understand this morning the encouragement that ought to give us that God made a way. And He's still making a way. He's still making a way. Listen, I've got a few more I'll read to you and I'll be done. First Corinthians, first Corinthians, first chapter, 46 verse, he's, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty men, not many noble men are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world. To confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. But God has chosen the weak things. The weak, though you feel weak, though you don't feel like you can do nothing, God's chosen that. To confound the wise and the mighty. Don't be puffed up. Be thankful. Listen to what he says over here in the second chapter. He said, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, 
neither heaven entered into the heart of my excuse me, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for his spirit searcheth all things, ye the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of God, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. My friend, but God has revealed him by his spirit. Uh, this is a no-so kind of way. It's a feeling kind of way. How do you know? Because God, my friend, has revealed them to us by His Spirit. Me and Brother David was riding down the road. I mean to point you out, Brother David. You whoop me after service if you want to. Brother David was my chauffeur Wednesday night. He drove me over at Mount Poland and we got to talking. He got to telling me, he said, Brother Casey, he said, you know, he said, the day that I joined this church, he said, my heart was just a pounding. He said, I knew something. I knew I needed to do something. I knew I needed to join this church. And I said, Brother David, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I, I said, all them times you'd come to me and you said, Brother Casey, I could feel the Spirit in you preaching this morning. I could feel the Spirit in you preaching. And I'd go away and I'd thank Brother David. I'd think, it don't work that way. My friend, it don't work that way. Only the children of God know the Spirit of God. And I began to think in myself, boy, so I believe David's got something. I believe David's okay. But you know what it all boiled down to? Bless your heart, I never told David he was saved. David had to trust in what God gave him just like I had to trust in what God gave me. I believe it's by profession of their own mouth. That's what the scripture says, by profession of their own mouth. Listen. I have not seen nor ear heard what he has prepared for them that love him. But you know something? He's revealed it to us by his spirit. You ask me how I know that God's going to prepare a city? It's going to be far beyond what you can even imagine. There won't be no need for the sun because Jesus Christ will be the sun, the light of that city. You ask me how I know this morning. It's because He's revealed it to me by Spirit. I know this morning that when I leave this world, I'm headed to a better country. I know this morning that when this body is dead and it's laid in the ground somewhere, I know that I'm going to be with God. My friend, I trust Him completely with everything that makes me up. You ask me how I know. Because he's let me know in my heart. That's how I know. And my friend, this morning you can know too. Third chapter of same thing he was talking about. He said, in whom Paul, and who, he said, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers whom the Lord believed, by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave in to every man, he said here in this sixth verse, he said, I have planted and Apollos had watered. He said, but God gave the increase. He said, I've worked a little bit. He said, Apollos has worked a little bit. But who gave the increase? He said, but God gave the increase. He changed the sentence. We can work and labor all day long. But my friend, unless God steps in and intervenes, we ain't accomplishing very much. 
it all boils down to a but God. I'm going to read this. Boy, there's so many good ones. I'm going to read this and I may be done. Lost friend, I want you to hear me this morning. Church, I want you to hear me. Listen to what Paul says here in this Roman letter. He said, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet preadventure, for a good man, some would even dare to. But God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He says. Some good men, he said, man wouldn't hardly die. Yet even good men scarcely die. He said, but God, who commendeth his love towards us. And while that we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if we are enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. But God. I'm going to read one more, and then I will try to be done. I'm going to read one more. Paul says here in the second, Ephesians, in the second chapter of Ephesians, he says, and ye and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the princes of power of the air, and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all have conversation in time past in lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherein He loved us, even while we were dead and our sins had quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. He changed the sentence. He changed it, though there seemed like there was no hope. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy and love. And while we were yet sinners, my friend, I thank God this morning for a but God. It changed the sentence. It changed it. I'm thankful this morning for the love of God. You know, Romans 6 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of a God is the eternal life through Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Lost friend, this morning I want to encourage you to seek God. I want to encourage you this morning that there is a way for you to be saved. There's a way, my friend, this morning to... Listen, I don't know how it is for you, 
But when I was lost and separated from God and there was trouble in my heart, my heart was pounding. And maybe it's different, but God was knocking on my heart and it was pound, 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 pound. And He was letting me know I was lost and separated from Him. He began to work on me and draw me. And all I knew to do was to pour my heart out to God. This morning, if you're here in lost, you feel Him tugging on your heart. He's let you know you're separated from Him. He's trying to tell you to come unto me. Church, He he still wants us to come unto Him. This morning, I'm thankful for a but God in my life. I pray you are too. Though I was without hope. Though they tried to lock Him up in a tomb. But God raised him. He's alive forevermore. Making intercession. He is my savior. He is my best friend. He's the greatest thing in this life. That I've ever experienced. And my friend this morning. He'll give you a gift. He'll give you a treasure. And my friend will never grow old. No matter what comes to you in this life. No matter the experience. No matter the darkest hours you may have. My friend you'll have a savior. That will go through this life with you. If you just go to him and pour your heart out to him this morning. Brother Mike, as we have a song this morning, if God's working on your heart, that same spirit that convicted me and let me know that I was lost is the same spirit that let me know that I've been born again. My friend, he'll let you know. Won't you come seek God if he's dealing with your heart this morning? Go ahead, brother.